0: Hello, everyone. Welcome in. One, two, bad. Fo- oh, I forgot I was on the internet for a minute. Oh, you just got called out. That's what she said. You we'll get made in the meat pies. Yes, come on. <laughs> come on. It's pretty absurd. Bad Philosophy. Episode 33, recorded on May 18th, 2009. Zombocalypse Now. Hello everyone, welcome and 1 2 Bad Philosophy coming at you via Skype once again. Uh we apologize in advance for the audio quality. It's uh not up to my high expectations. Uh everybody else says it's fine. I I don't know. I I guess I just have really really picky ears. <laughs> but uh joining us via Skype today, uh you know him, you love him, Kevin Saunders. Yay! And um you know him, and you might love him. Uh, numero uno fanboy, Jed Cummins.
1: Hello, joining you from uh, my iPhone Skype. So, uh, yeah, welcome.
0: Oh, well, well, aren't you special? And uh, finally, uh, a guest that we've had in person once, and I think this is only her second time on the show, Danielle. Yep, second time. You don't,
2: you don't know her last name, do you, Steve? I do not
0: know her last name. <laughs> it's white. <light. laughs> okay. Uh, I figured it probably wasn't Snickle, which is her Twitter handle, <laughs> and I really didn't want to introduce you as Danielle Snickle. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um I am of course coming to you in crystal clear audio because I am the host of this little uh this little Skyposaurus. Actually, I can't use that term, can I? This uh skypeinstein. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one.
2: Can, why can you not use Skyposaurus? Skyposaurus is a quick like uh,
0: term actually. Because they built the Skyposaurus, which is a conglomerate of... Stop what?
2: I want to give you a task for for the summer, (laughs) Stephen. Oh, here we go. From now until school starts in August, which is August something or other, do not listen to a single episode of This Week in Tech and see if the show is affected, our show is affected at all.
0: Okay. I might be able to do that, maybe. <laughs> but at least for today, we're not going to let uh, are not going to let Twit pull us down into the depths of its success. We're going to talk about zombies because I'm a zombie today. Um, <laughs> to, I guess I, could, I should probably clarify that. Um, after the the huge amount of success that Kevin and I had with the ASL performance on stage with Jonathan Golden last week. I kind of, you know, got a renewed interest in doing this sort of thing and uh decided to do Regarding Your Brains, which is a another Jonathan Colton song about a zombie who was a former office worker talking to one of his co-workers and basically trying to convince him to let all of him and all of his friends in to uh collectively eat the co-workers' brains. Uh so I am making myself up as a zombie to uh do this little performance and uh yeah figured there'd be enough to uh to say about it to make it into a topic for bad philosophy so if you would ladies Wasn't and gentlemen my idea? um no <laughs>
2: yeah not the not the i'm not saying for the podcast i mean yeah no not the zombie thing yeah it
0: was kevin's idea all right I, i'll we'll give credit where credit is due kevin came up with the idea so kevin do you want to do you want to start things off here for us then
2: um, actually, I want to, wanted to talk about something that uh, Danielle brought up before the show started, <laughs> uh, which is well, she inadvertently got me talking about, um, and that is zombie strippers, which is a film that came out in the past, uh, two thousand eight, <laughs> um, which is a movie that should, for all intents and purposes, be fantastic because it is a movie about. Zombie who are also strippers, but more specifically strippers who become zombies. And and it would be hard to think, I mean, one would think that it would be impossible to screw this movie up, but actually zombie strippers did. Um, It was slow. It was not funny enough. It was too high quality for a low budget film and too lousy for watching. (laughs) Um, But it's what what amuses me the most. It's a movie about the strip club that eventually gets, one of the zombie, or one of the strippers gets attacked by a zombie, turns into a zombie, and becomes very popular because of that. And so eventually all the other girls become zombies. And they're still strippers, but they're also zombies. And occasionally they eat a patron or two. But
0: uh, So when, he, when, it, when they like reach out to put the, uh, the dollar bills into, the, uh, into their thong, they just kind of chop the guy's arm off and eat it?
2: No, that would have been funny. Oh. This movie isn't. No, uh, <laughs> they just take them in the back for a lap dance, and then instead of giving them a lap dance, they eat them.
0: Oh, okay.
2: Uh, and you actually see very little of the eating. Aww. Uh, a lot of yeah. really bad makeup, a lot of really bad acting, because uh, Jenna Jameson is the lead actress. Oh, who is a famous, She's a famous porn star, but that doesn't actually mean she can act, believe it or not.
0: <laughs> you don't say... I, I never would have what, guessed. I, even
3: moaning isn't, like, you know, considered acting?
0: Uh, you can do it's, it convincingly or unconvincingly, I, I'd have to say.
2: Believe it or not, I think there was a lot of moaning in the film. Been, I saw it months ago. I don't remember it very well anymore other than it, wasn't lousy, it was lousy. And I don't even want to own it on DVD, which is saying something. But the, the funniest thing about the movie isn't actually the movie. It's that the movie claims to be based on, and there's a lot of evidence that it is based on the um, French French play. Yeah, um, I don't think it's French, but it's <laughs> uh, well because the author's name is Ionesco. But it's based on the play "Rhinoceros" by Eugene Ionesco, um, which is a play about people turning into rhinoceroses. Um huh. And it's actually the original play is actually a satire of the Nazi party. Um, and fascism, and everybody turns into Nazis, but didn't really. And it's like hey, you, people were aware of the fact that people were turning into rhinoceroses, and one guy just refused because that's absurd, and you can't possibly turn into rhinoceros. But then he did. It's a very weird but very good play. Uh, it's famous, and I mean the the strip club is named the Rhinoceros and oh. zombies, and it's run by a guy whose name is. I'm just learning this from Wikipedia whose name was Ian, I-A-N, last name Esko, E-S-S-K-O, which is a, a phoneticization of Ian Esko, the playwright, who wrote yeah. Rhinoceros. Again, it's, it's a movie that should be good, but isn't, especially considering it's based on a play that's good. Um, but the, the satire's gone. Um, there's, there's no hint of satire anymore. It's mostly just what's considered in the anime world a fan service, but poorly done. And I don't know, just disappointed me on the whole. Oh. So that's Kevin's movie review of the week.
0: Well, um, to kind, kind of trying to, to turn that around into something a little bit lighter. Uh, what's <laughs> uh, what's a favorite zombie movie of y'all's? Let's let's start with uh, let's start with Danielle.
3: Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I guess probably still Twenty Eight Days Later for me, just because. I don't know, it was one of the first that like really really got my attention and really got my interest and kind of came from Jed because Jed was like, oh, you have to see it, you have to see it. So I think that's still probably one of my favorites.
0: Okay. And uh, Jed?
3: Um, I think I will have to
1: go with the original, uh, well, not the original, I suppose, the 1990-some remake of Night of, Night of the Living Dead.
2: Wait, the remake of Night of the Living Dead? Mm Mm-hmm. There's a remake of Night (laughs) of the Living Dead?
1: Yeah, there's one in color. And and they change up the end a little bit, and the acting is a little bit better.
2: Hold on, I'm looking this up. This Wait. (laughs) Seriously? The one that's, like, not directed by George Romero? You you, you put this over the original Night of the Living Dead, which... The acting in the original
0: is... Horrid! Isn't isn't that part of the <laughs> charm, though?
2: It was made for one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars, as opposed to the remake was made for four point something million dollars. Oh, really? I I'm not seeing the movie, so I can't say. But just I have, have to almost look at. I have to, I almost want to see this because
0: <laughs> Kevin has found a new hobby.
2: Romero was a producer for the remake. But yeah,
1: it was a good. It it changed up the original a little bit, and you know updated it. I again the the acting in the original is what got me. It was just horrid. So oh, is it I, not the, I appreciate. Does it, it
2: not have? Um, you said they changed the ending because the ending is like the most important part of the film in my mind. What happens
1: in the ending of the original?
2: Um, oh, well, let's, okay. Let's just spoiler alert. Throw that at the beginning. But oh. I mean, the original, the, the original in the '60s was actually a um, a civil rights movie, um, because it was it was a movie that showed a, a strong black man being you know mm-hmm. um, powerful and and able to handle these things, and, and then you know being the sole survivor and then being shot in the head at the end of the film senselessly. I mean, that's that's a huge statement that's being made. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, is that not in the remake? No, that happens. It's, that happens? It's more, yeah, it's
1: more the, the day after stuff that I'm recalling, and get, it, it's been a while since I've seen it, so maybe I need to go back and compare and contrast again. But at the very end, it's just the... Because the woman, there's also the woman who survives in that one.
2: Huh.
0: I, I thought when you said civil rights, it was going to be like a zombies are people too, sort of a thing. <laughs> Something mm. about zombie rights? No. No. no? Okay. no. That
2: was <laughs> Land of the Dead, which was actually making yeah. a different statement entirely.
0: Oh. Well, I, I stand corrected then. What statement was Land of the Dead trying to make?
2: Well, okay, all of, all of Romero's zombie films are doing something. Um the the original Light of the Living Dead was um about I'm, try, I'm trying to play some more. The original Light of the Living Dead was was civil rights. Um Dawn of the Dead was about consumerism. Day of the Dead was uh militarism, if I'm not mistaken. I've I've only seen Day of the Dead once so I can't remember it exactly. But it was um, mostly about militarism, and then uh, you had Land of the Dead, which was what was Land of the Dead. Land of the Dead was was kind of a low point, more about humans being the problem rather than zombies. A um, little bit about class systems, I guess.
0: I guess we should we should back up and introduce that uh, um, George. Is it George Romero? Yeah. George A. Romero. George A. Romero. He's uh, sort of a figurehead in, in the zombie movie genre, isn't he? Or did he... He kind of invented well, it, did he? he?
2: invented the genre. I would just say he invented the zombie movie, because I, I can't say that for sure. But he definitely... Like, with with Night of the Living Dead, the zombie movie was born. Okay. The, the quintessential zombie movie was born. And, and all zombie movies after that have to some, have to pay some sort of homage to uh, Night of the Living Dead just because of that. But apparently he wrote the remake as well, which this is intriguing me. I, okay. I have to go watch this movie now.
1: So the remake, um, after doing a little bit of reading, what changes is that instead of it being – I, I would almost tag it as another civil rights-focused one, but it's more about okay. uh, women – Rather than um, hmm. African American folk, because Barbara, the woman who was, in my opinion, the most annoying actress in the first one, becomes the sole survivor.
2: She was. And because
1: she's the screaming woman in the first one, the one that you're like, shut the hell up, push her outside, yeah. and we <laughs> hope you get eaten.
2: Um,
1: but in this one, um, there's the, there was a guy who was a jerk to her the entire time. Um, and she, uh, up until she left the farmhouse to go kind of fend fend for herself, and then as she comes back and realizes that Ben, the original survivor in the uh, original version of the film, has been turned into a zombie, she goes upstairs and finds one of the people who had kind of tucked himself away up there, um, but who was a jerk to her uh, up there, and she shoots him and kills him because because of that and so you know it's more of a woman, woman's power type of statement
2: Hm. see that's to me with, with her being out of head that's not making nearly the same statement because that has been done numerous times in slasher films uh, I mean Halloween being the prime example which again was the quintessential slasher film of its day um, where you had uh, what's her name Jamie Lee, Jamie Lee Curtis being the final one, um, being the, the last one alive at the end, which, I mean, Halloween came out, what, in the 70s? Back when Jenny, Jamie Lee Curtis was young, younger? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, but I think you're making a different statement when you're fighting against, like, one killer versus fighting against, you know, a horde of zombies. Like, you're surviving a mass attack, or masses, rather, Versus surviving just one individual, which I think has a much greater impact on what an individual is thinking when they watch a film. You're surviving, you know, a population of people who are trying to attack you versus surviving one person. I think it just makes a greater statement, which would be the difference between a zombie film and a slasher film and who survives, in my opinion.
2: Hmm.
3: Okay.
0: uh, Potentially. I don't know. Taking a kind of a different direction here because uh, once again we're just kind of adrift
2: uh, with the topic. Um, I like being adrift.
0: Yeah, it's fun out here. Yeah, until you get scurvy and have to start eating your crewmates.
2: That's not how you fix scurvy, Stephen.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. I, I didn't. Scurvy was just kind of one of the things. <laughs> right. Well, I don't think zombies have scurvy yet. Though, whatever.
1: I think you've just been listening to too much twit.
0: I <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Anyways, um, I, I kind of wanted to take it more from a perspective of how have, why have zombies become such a part of pop culture. Um, I, I just have to say, I like, it, along with pirates and ninjas, zombies seem to be and robots, I guess. Uh, zombies seem to be just kind of one of those stereotypes that uh, that everyone loves and loves to mimic and and do derivative works on and make games about and make costumes about. Um, what is what do y'all think it is about the the whole zombie uh, idea that so fascinates us as a culture?
2: Well, the the key of the zombie idea is that. I mean, there's a couple things at core, and I think this has been talked about elsewhere, but it's you've got A, they're already dead, which is scary, because, like, vampires are dead, but they don't act like they're dead. So Mm -hmm. that's an undead that we really don't care about as much. Zombies look dead. It's the dead are walking around and, you know, eating you. Uh, Beyond that, um, when somebody dies. They're more likely to become a zombie. I mean, the original zombies, I mean, Night of the Living Dead zombies were, uh, I don't know, it, it kind of depends. It's some, some people, sometimes, you know, they, zombies, if you're bitten by a zombie, but then where did the first zombies come from? So it originally started with people, you know, the dead getting up and walking around for no apparent reason. And so as soon as somebody dies, they then become part of the enemy's force. And so it's this constantly tilting scale you know the more people you lose in your survivors the more people become zombies and that's just not good at all yeah uh, which which so you have this ever mounting force which has an ever mounting tension so theoretically things get harder although there's a, there's an inverse law of movies where the more zombies there are the easier they are to kill uh, one zombie is impossible you know a thousand zombies you can you know mow down with your convenient tank
0: <laughs> well still though like um how have, how have sort of the um how have zombies sort of weave their way into into culture as a, as kind of a positive stereotype you know not necessarily even as a as a we fear this but sort of a um you know people want to want to be either zombies or zombie killers
2: do people want to be zombies
0: um, i well I, um, I kind of am portraying one um it's a it's a very popular well, it- costume for Halloween but Uh, you know, I think that kind of idea of, uh, you know, having a completely blank uh, brain and wanting to eat the brains of others is, it's a, it's a pretty good life. (laughs) I'm being facetious, of course, but you know, go
2: with it. Weird one.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it's so much that people desire to be zombies. I think there's, and like you said, it's not, it's not even a fear that people have of, you know, zombies. It's, there's always that idea that there's going to be some sort of epidemic of some sort, of, some sort of breakout. And I know it's taking kind of the I Am Legend route, which isn't maybe a true zombie movie, as I've heard from zombie movie fans, but that something will happen that then is going to take over the Earth. I mean, this has been, you know, some sort of fear in general of the population for, you know, Since before the plague i think that people just think that something is going to happen that is going to take over the earth and so you automatically want to fight that because you want to survive you want to be the one to you know well in my opinion repopulate the earth and continue (laughs) on and create a new species and all that good stuff but it's it's the idea that something that massive can happen i think and you know that's people either you go with it and you're like oh whatever fuck it i'm gonna be a zombie or <laughs> oh, i'm gonna fight against this and we're gonna win
1: <laughs> yeah i though i i mean to to go on a little tangent um i have to congratulate danielle on her ability to always back to babies whenever she's on the show
0: <laughs> it is pretty impressive
2: So, no, but two I, items is not a I trend honestly think, what was that
3: Oh no! Almost any conversation I, said, I said, could bring it right back around, well, to babies. I,
2: well, she has. Well, you have more experience with her than I do, Jed. But I'm just saying, two items is not a trend. By definition, it's it's three items. We just have a coincidence oh, at this okay. point. But we'll have her back on later, and then she can talk about babies, and then we'll have a trend, and then you can be success. <laughs> <Okay>. Indeed.
0: What? <laughs> so, uh, who was making a point before Jed decided to? Jed go was, making on a point, was making a
2: point, or somebody's making a point. I interrupted he was Jen. making
3: a point and a tangent, I believe. Uh, yeah, I was. Tangents I was actually going
2: to equate um,
1: equate it back to another uh, zombie movie that, well, sort of zombie movie, *I Am Legend*, which uh, is actually based off a book by, I believe, Richard Matheson, um, who yes. wrote for. Are, are
2: you talking uh, about the newest movie, the newest yeah, *I Am the, Legend*? The,
1: well, the. Uh, What's his face? Famous, famous actor Will Smith. Oh, Will Smith. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Um, um, basically, just how I mean that it ended up being a zombie movie, even though the original, the book, was much more of a vampire novel. Yes. Um yeah. And it, but it does relate to the point that Stephen was making about repopulating the earth, um, because it was, the in the book at least, it was the point that the book was making was here's this last man on Earth, and then everyone else is essentially a vampire. Um, mm-hmm. And he is trying to, you know, survive and fight off all these evil vampires when all of a sudden the vampires start making their own society and, you know, basically, make, you know, turning it turning it around to well you're the minority, and we want to kill you off and we just you know like or we want to convert you and make you like you're the weird one yeah yeah and so much the point that they even send uh i i think they're called dark seekers um and they're they send a woman who who's a dark seeker to try to try to convert him and you know at first she thinks that she is uh a human and then eventually f- figures, figures out the truth of the situation. And, um, you know, it just becomes the minority and becomes the one who is threatening the existence of the majority. And I thought that was a really powerful novel that the movie mm-hmm. pretty much just ruined in every way, shape or form. And I haven't, seen. Yes. I don't know if there was a more original movie that was actually based off the novel. Cause that would be fantastic.
0: There's
2: been three.
0: Yeah. Uh, the really? Omega Man. Um...
2: I Am Legend was the most recent. Yeah. Um, uh, the first Wire. one was The Last Man on Earth back in 64. And it was actually pretty accurate um, because Matheson wrote the screenplay but didn't want to be called Matheson because they changed it too much. However, um, what's interesting is the actual the most recent one had an original ending that actually matched closer to... The book. It was I mean, only the ending was different. The majority of the yeah. of the movie was the same. Um but yeah. you know, in the end where he has the cure and he blows himself up and saves everybody. That wasn't mm-hmm. the original ending. I mean he you know he's a legend because he saved everybody. That's not where the name came from in the book. Um and the original ending it was the same sort of thing. He he kind of realized that I mean the, the people became the the, oh, the the zombies, the goons, the ghouls, whatever became he, he realized they were intelligent, and they were trying to get their friend back at the end of the film, not trying to kill him yeah, and so he he realized i mean because the point is you know throughout the entire book, every day he goes around and stabs every zomp every vampire he can find in the heart to kill it um while they 're asleep, and so in their world, he actually has become this legend, this mystical creature. That could potentially kill you at night, and you have no idea who he is, and you have no way to protect yourself because you can't do anything during the day, yada yada yada. And so he becomes the legend of the vampires, hmm. which is why the book is amazing. And I've ruined the ending for everyone listening to this podcast. Uh, it's still a very powerful book. Yeah, go read it. Go uh, if you can find the graphic novel version. Um, actually, very good. Oh, there's a graphic uh, novel really good version adaptation. Yes, really good adaptation. Very much captures the tone, the feel, the very, the darkness, the kind of the hopelessness, uh, all that sort of stuff. All that good Because stuff. if you're the last one on Earth, life is going to suck.
3: Yeah. I feel like it's taking an angle, though, that is suggesting that zombies have motives, have mind, have function, have higher brain function, for that matter, that you know, some zombie movies obviously do not have, where they're the mindless blobs coming at you just to eat your flesh, you know, so I think that that's a different twist on a zombie movie.
0: Where did the whole, uh, where did the whole brain-eating part come in? I'm curious.
2: Um, I don't, I don't remember where brains, like, was first happening, because that wasn't in the, the dead movies, the George Romero films wasn't along those lines. The, the eating brain specifically. Uh, That's more kind of been just a pop culture thing. It probably started somewhere. Uh, One thing, Danielle kind of brought up that I wanted to talk about earlier, which she mentioned. 28 Days Later, was in recent times you've really seen this split in zombie movie types. Um, Iron Legend was more of a vampire movie in my mind, and so they can have higher brain functions and stuff. But with 28 Days Later it was one of the first of what I call the fast zombie movies, huh. which kind of annoy me a little bit because they're mm-hmm. – in my mind, the, the the power of the zombies is kind of what I talked about earlier. It's not that they're fast or stronger than you or more powerful than you. It is their overwhelming numbers. Yeah. And the fact that they're already dead. So giving them superpowers and making them able to run and stuff and, you know, and think and do all this sort of stuff is, is stuff that is unnecessary. I mean, you're almost saying, well, these it's an added threat that we didn't necessarily need, but we want more.
0: And that's actually
2: – You know, we want – or running and gunning
0: right and th- and that's actually something i did not like about left for dead a uh, very famous valve game that is essentially zombies the game um mm-hmm. and the because all the zombies in that are fast zombies uh they they can run yes. they can swarm you they slash and there are special types that are even worse than that but uh it's not it just According wasn't
3: the, boomers, the smokers right right
0: um <laughs> Yes. the tanks especially are just extremely annoying. But the whole pace of the game is just—it's frenetic. It's—it's it's like a mad dash for the, uh, for the extraction point, and it didn't really, hmm. I—it doesn't feel as much like a zombie game to me, as I as I think a zombie game should. Uh, a really sure good—it's a fun game. It is, but I, I like yeah, it. It's a blast. <laughs> I think a, a far better example of a of a more traditional zombie game was uh, Dead Rising.
1: Uh, Resident Evil
0: uh okay yeah, but I, I was say you Evil. consider I Resident, Resident Evil, Evil a zombie movie. movie. I, it sort of was. I I liked the Dead Rising. Movie. The Resident Evil movies is a zombie movie cuz Dead Rising knew exactly what it was. Uh, which was an, uh, an homage to the to the slow zombies. I mean, it takes place in a mall. <laughs> the entire game takes place in a mall and the the zombies are an overwhelming uh force. Just, there are so many of them that uh, the task really is to just, just survive this, this slowly undulating flood of, of, uh, of mass, massive zombies uh, by whatever means necessary. And, it, and it's very fun in that respect because, you know, you're the fastest guy in, in the mall and uh, you, can, you can sort of be nimble and outwit them. But, you know, if they, if they get you into a corner and you don't have enough of a weapon, you're pretty much screwed. I don't know, what did you all think of Dead Rising?
2: I thought it was painful to play. Really? Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was inane. I didn't make it through the first two hours of gameplay. I rented it, and my roommates told me not to because they had rented it years ago when it first came out, saying this looks like an awesome game. And they said it was boring and slow and hard to do. And because we didn't have a high-def TV, impossible to read any of the text, uh, which does make it actually harder to play, hmm. but not in a fun way. Not like a hard mode, like a you're illiterate mode. <laughs> <laughs> and I I was not impressed with it at all. So but apparently that's been sort of the thing is that, that people either kind of love it or hate it yeah. with that sort of stuff. And more people love it than hate it. But if you don't like it and it's not because of the idea. I love the idea of being trapped in a mall and using on to kill them which is what I really wanted to do with the game. That was my sole purpose for even renting the game. But I couldn't do that because of the game. Yeah, The game stopped me from doing what I wanted to do, which didn't help.
0: And see, I mean, I enjoy Left 4 Dead as well. I I think it's also very well done, but uh, it's just it's a much different style and I, and i think you you are you're right that uh the genre has sort of split into these two different camps and you know it's hard to say which one is better than the other but
2: uh well for for a game i want fast zombies for yeah. a movie for a zombie movie i want slow zombies mm. and should an actual zombie apocalypse happen i definitely want slow zombies yes <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs>
3: What? I feel like in the world of gaming, though, that that's also changed. That you know, games have to be faster. They have to be challenging. They can't story mode is one of those things that has taken more of a backseat. I feel to fast action kind of gaming. I guess And the zombie genre has followed that within the gaming world, and you know that's kind of an inevitable thing to make. I, games think, I think there's
2: some truth in that. It's art imitating life, imitating art. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, a, yeah. it's a little differential equation going on there. But at least with Left 4 Dead, the the story mode is very sparse. <laughs> it's essentially, you know, <laughs> there are zombies. Existence. Get away from <laughs> them, uh, kill them, and survive. <laughs> There's It focuses heavily. It's an, also a game that knows exactly what it is. It's a survival game. And that's pretty much it.
2: <laughs> yeah, which I don't think is a bad thing no. because it is a game that does not have an identity crisis problem. It knows what it is and it does that very well. So that's that's a good thing. But it's it's not a a creepy story. You know, how are we going to get through this? What what's going to happen? You don't have any of the moments of of sitting in a room with stuff going on outside that you don't even see, you just know it's happening, it's very creepy, a la Night of the Living Dead. Hmm. Uh, the original one, because I haven't seen the remake, but <laughs> it's it's that sort of, that sort of a feel to it, rather than, let's shoot all the zombies.
0: Now, one of um, the, uh... okay, go ahead, Danielle.
3: I was just saying, we discussed Resident Evil, though, and I think, <laughs> It was Kevin who said that that is a zombie movie, but was not a zombie video game. So I'd like to assess kind of well, I, I where the Resident game. Evil okay. lies within oh. of that. Um, well, it's obviously you know like it's medically engineered zombies, I guess you could say, which kind of goes along the line of the movie. This new movie, I Am Legend, they did the same similar kind of thing, but they are genetically screwed up, messed with people that you have to fight. And they have a variety of ways of being killed, which is, you know, not necessarily true to, like, some zombie things where, like, oh, you have to chop off the head. Or, in the case of I Am Legend, the book, like, oh, you're more vampires, we have to stab you through the heart. So it's just, like, Resident Evil falls in a very weird place, I feel like, within both movie and video game genre of zombies. Mm -hmm.
0: Well, I I never played Resident Evil either, but I, I did see the movie and... Um, from what I recall, which is, which is very little, um, it, it could definitely qualify as a zombie movie. Um, but again, yeah, it was not the, the very, the more traditional type of, of zombie movie. It was, it had its own little, yeah. little take on the whole thing. Yeah. Mm. Again, it's been a while since I saw
1: it though. <laughs> <laughs> About
0: three but years ago. Um, you know. with...
2: oh, go
1: ahead. I was just going to ask, what what do y'all think is more, I guess, you know, you'd mentioned earlier that if it's a video game, you want this kind of zombie, and if it's a movie, you want this other kind of zombie, and in real life, you want the third kind of zombie. So what Mm -hmm. do you think is the, I guess, for lack of a better word, scariest type? You know, is it the zombies that you have no idea how they formed? Or is it the 28 Days Later zombie where, you know, it was a bunch of scientists researching rage almost in a, you know, like a Clockwork Orange style fashion um, to call back another episode? Um, (laughs) But uh, I'm turning into Steven. Um, Or, you know, is it the, you know, killer virus from space? You know, like what, what do you think is the. I guess, the scariest, and what do you think is the most likely to happen?
0: Uh, definitely some sort of infection. Um, like, I, I think the scariest is, is sort of the, the Shaun of the Dead type, the, the insidious thing that you don't realize it's happening until it's too late, um, <laughs> which I, I guess that was probably based on something else because Shaun of the Dead was an homage to a bunch of other things, but... I don't know. I, w- as far as scariest, I would definitely go with the fast zombies infected from space sort of thing. But most plausible, probably some sort of disease. Slow zombies,
1: man-made. I think or uh, natural. Either.
2: Taking us back to reality, I... I think the most realistic zombies, if in a, in a in a Walking Dead sense, would be slow zombies, just because they are dead. They are decomposing. A human body left alone will decompose in something like three days. Yeah. Uh, To the point of, like, Oatmeal. Saw that in an episode of NCIS. And so that's the sort of idea that these zombies may have stopped that or slowed that, but they're still decomposing. They're still falling apart. And... So that's because that they are living dead. They they aren't growing. They can't regenerate new cells. You chop off their arm, it's not going to get better. Mind you, they're not going to bleed out, but it's not going to get better.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing too. Is kind of the the plausibility of that even happening is is extremely low because of you know muscle fibers, basic bodily functions, um, just can't happen in any sort of a a diminished sense. You know, either you have those nervous system connections or the nerves are decomposed and they're not working. Um, And zombies would have to have, to a certain extent, some sort of uh, motor function control in their minds. Uh, So, you know, the idea of them being completely dead just wouldn't work. Yeah. So, you know, I I don't think we'll actually ever see a quintessential zombocalypse, but... We very well might see you know, epidemics and really bad diseases that, that turn people crazy, but they certainly won't be dead when they're walking around killing other people.
2: How, how are y'all prepared for a Zombocalypse? How well would y'all fare, do you think? I mean, have you made any preparations? Or are you just hoping on the side of fate that it won't happen?
0: I basically know I think, where I would go, <laughs> but that's about it. Um, I don't own a an arsenal. I don't own a food stash, and I certainly don't have a um, an escape route of any significance planned out.
1: <laughs> Back at UNC, I had quite the
2: comprehensive plan.
1: Um, <laughs> that, uh, Danielle laughs because this is something that we would, you know, legitimately get together and talk about on a, you know, whatever on a Friday night or something. And, you know, I, I mean, it was in good fun, but at the same time it was like, what would you do? What would you do if it happened? And it, it was, it was a, it was a fun uh, exercise and, you know, survival skills. Um, like mm-hmm. what, what building would you go to? That sort of thing. And, um, if, if zombies were to attack the university of Northern Colorado campus, but here at tech, I'm, I just admit that I'm pretty much screwed. Yeah. Um, you know, well, I, and Lubbock I, I, is I in the middle in. of
0: nowhere, so yeah. yeah, we we would be screwed. <laughs> Nobody would come out to rescue us, I don't think. Yeah, my plan would be uh, get the hell over to the helicopter pad at the uh, at the Health Sciences Center and uh, try to like pay off the <laughs> uh, the pilot to get out of there. <laughs> be like, take me to Dallas.
2: But where would you go? Um,
0: the next major populated city, because there would be a heck of a lot more possibility of survival there.
2: <laughs> you also have a higher potential infestation.
0: Oh, um, maybe.
3: And chaos. I feel like chaos would run rampant in a place that has higher populations than maybe lower, lower smaller towns. You could at least band together and create some sort of formal you know, situation or plan where in oh, cities, yeah, that's a good point. people are just dumb sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah i I must say if if i if I were to be anywhere other than Greeley, colorado i I do prefer West Texas yeah. <laughs> to the number of guns available here um and y'all's love for uh i don't know Kevin will have to tell me which amendment that is because I suck at that, but you know really I mean, rights. yeah i really do i'm i'm waiting I'm really? waiting to see your play
2: it's before, yeah, thank you. you, know, you. It's <laughs> it it is like the most commonly talked about, possibly the well possibly the second most commonly talked about amendment.
0: <laughs> good, good little clue there. Yeah. <laughs>
3: it's the second amendment the right to bear arms? The second, the yeah. 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 It's, I
2: forgot that Colorado's a liberal state. So you don't actually have rights actually, there. Actually we're really not. I, uh, I mean, well, we've we've been read state. the
3: past few years. Really? Yeah.
2: Well, they also split their votes, don't they? No. Are you not one of the ones that... Because um, I know they were talking about splitting electoral votes at, uh, in Colorado.
1: Hmm. I don't think we did because we, we, cause everybody else wasn't doing it and we didn't want to shoot ourselves in the foot
2: that way. Okay, well, according to this, Colorado's blue in yes. the last yeah,
3: this and, year. Oh, and,
1: and Wait, a, this yeah, year is the first year we switched. Yeah, and that was the first year in quite some time.
2: Yeah. Really? Okay. I know Denver's pretty hardcore, but I guess that's not representative of the whole state.
1: Yeah, no, Denver and oh. Boulder are not not uh, they're the exception, not the rule.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, so do we have any uh, do we have any final thoughts on this zombie topic before we uh, wrap things up here?
3: Mm. I feel like repopulating is very important in the aftermath of one surviving a zombie attack, a zombie apocalypse.
2: So, so just... if, if we successfully, you know, we, we live in a world full of zombies for, you know, a couple of years, and then get rid of them all through methods, um, and we do need to repopulate the planet, what would be the best way to go about doing that, Danielle?
3: Oh. <laughs> um, well, I feel like, you know, the pairing of individuals... Um, based upon fertility would be really good.
0: <laughs> Personally, I would be in favor of, uh, well, depending on what the ratio of males to females is, I would be in favor of um, multi-partnering. Uh,
1: you,
3: you pretty much want to be studded out. That's what you're saying.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, you know, granted, uh, have, have a nice variety of, of genes involved and... <laughs> I, I can't... I can't Steven's just, just like arguing for an
1: orgy, and he's really trying to come up with the reasons why.
0: Yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, granted, not not every surviving female would be eligible, but... Uh, <laughs> I, I think we probably even, get...
2: Way to after get the
0: apocalypse,
2: you can't be discriminatory like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, for purely biological reasons. I mean, we're, you know, granted, sure. women over 50 and, and girls under,
2: though, I don't know, 18. Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh, my God, he says 18. Well...
2: Yeah. Oh. <laughs> There was a there was a well, long hesitation there, Stephen. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, yeah. I want would, I to ask y'all like in the in the event of having to repopulate the world, uh, you know, would we kind of uh, change our our standards for that sort of thing?
2: I would I would hope not actually because I would hope that um, well I mean, we might change our standards a little bit, but I would I would be afraid of of getting the mindset of we have to make all the babies we can right now, without necessarily making sure that there's an infrastructure to back that up. Um, oh, the yeah, immediate, immediate desire would be, you know, let's repopulate the planet right now. But if we're in a post-apocalyptic world, even a rebuilding post-apocalyptic world, there's not going to be a, a strong enough infrastructure to handle an extremely large increase in the number of babies. You know, boom, yes, um, that, that could potentially happen. Uh, I never saw the film Children of Men, but apparently that's like a deal is that they haven't had kids for, you know, forever. And now mm-hmm. someone is having a kid and then, you know, theoretically you would then have this, it would spread maybe the ability to have children would you know, happen to everybody. Mm-hmm. And then you have this huge age gap between your youngest person and your oldest and, and the next oldest person, you know, this 18, 16 year age gap, which would be something to work with and to deal with. And the, the rate of population increase during an apocalypse probably decreases dramatically. Ignoring the fact that everybody's dying, but just the number of people who are having children will probably decrease during an apocalypse because there are other priorities, you know, personal survival versus uh, survival of the race.
0: Yeah, but Lord. at some point you would need to start having kids. No, um, definitely. You know, you couldn't focus completely on survival.
2: No, I mean, that, yes, but it's a matter of how long is this apocalyptic setting going on. Hmm. And does it, does it stabilize relatively early on and the rebuilding begins from there? Or are we in this kind of this limbo place where we're current, constantly fighting off zombies and we're kind of in a stalemate? Um, where, you know, this area is clean, this area is not, and we can't really get into that area because there's too many zombies. So we can't really repopulate too much or else our area will become overcrowded. There's a lot of things to consider.
0: Indeed.
1: I think that, oh, I was just going to add that I, I think that one thing would change as far as the idea of lifelong partners might change, just given yeah. the, I guess, scarcity of life.
0: Yeah.
3: I, you
1: know, I don't think that, you know, <laughs> oh, well, zombies ate my husband, so now I'm just going <laughs> to hang out and not have any more babies. You know, I think
3: that
1: yeah. that, that idea yeah, would change. Take over.
0: I, I think that would be a legitimate cause for divorce. Yeah. <laughs> Death, Zombies ate my husband. Uh, yeah.
3: <laughs> I think, though, that you would have to consider, you know, we do have such a tendency in this society to see that, you know, there should be two people that be together or, you know, and even within polygamous societies, like the man has multiple women but if you were to create a society where everybody was having sex with everybody it didn't matter whose kids were whose and you kind of like obviously you wouldn't know you could create some sort of collectivist idea that everyone takes care of everyone so i think that you could possibly if you were talking about you know kevin was talking about finding a new structure that that would be an area to go where you know you're just kind of hanging out with everybody. And, you know, that works for Stephen's plan of, you know, awesome orgy too. I just, I found the solution. I think that's where we have to go.
0: Yeah, I, I do question the viability of, of the collective support thing because ultimately some people would fall through the cracks. and you know, Or some don't people would be that.
2: greedy. Right,
0: right. That's true.
2: You know, true. Um, I gave birth to this child, so I'm going to take extra better care of it. Um, whether or not that you know it might be a maternal thing, you know fathers would would pair off, you know, with a father and a mother and only take care of their children. It'd be hard hard to keep that steady. Whether yeah. that's a good idea, um, although I mean there are certainly other family structures that could exist and and be successful in that regards without being an, and and be more keen to survival because you know in a in a traditional a two parent system, if we're living in a world where it's easy, you know, survival chances say 50% past, you know, 30, 30 years old. uh, I mean, having multiple parents could actually be beneficial in a harsh environment. You know, it would actually increase stability rather than decrease. Some people are, you know, very against polyamorous situations because of that. Because they say, well, you know, oh, you know, if Jimmy's got three mommies and two daddies, you know he's going to be confused and crazy, but it actually might create a more stable environment rather than less.
0: Yeah, it'd be hard to tell until you actually got into that.
2: Fair enough. And there's not been, and as, as Danielle pointed out, there's been most of the stuff we've seen has been, you know, single man, multiple women, uh, polygamy.
0: Yeah.
2: We've never really seen. There's, there's actually another word. I think polygamy is specifically one man, many women, but I'm not sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, the other one is, uh... Magami? Isn't it bollock no. no. It's, uh...
2: uh polyandry. Po- polyandry. It, it Thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I,
0: I got it right at the same time you did. Polyandry. I was going back to my, my Greek and Latin roots class. <laughs> yeah,
2: I was just using Wikipedia. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, I actually use my brain. Good for the you. the zombie hasn't eaten it yet. Yay. So if I become a zombie, does that mean I'll have a taste for my own brains? Hmm.
2: No, because you'll be dead. You'll be non-functioning.
0: Yeah, that's true. Zombies zombies only want live brains. Fresh brains.
2: That seems to be the case. Rarely do you see zombie cannibalism because if i mean if zombie cannibalism existed the the zombie (laughs) problem would go away (laughs) (laughs) you lock yourself in until all the zombies eat each other or at least you know you get down to like three zombies on all in far distant places who don't know that the other zombies exist and you shoot them and no more zombie problem
0: (laughs) but that would be far too easy yes well um i think we've said enough about zombies uh if if the zombie flips were to come, uh, we we do hope that you, as as loyal listeners to Bad Philosophy, would survive, so that we could continue uh, bringing you this, this wonderful program. Uh, we thank our we thank our non zombie guests for uh, for being on the show today, uh, Jed.
1: Thank you. It was a uh, it was a pleasure as always. Um... Sorry about the audio issues as usual. Yeah, I mean, well, it's not a BF if there's not audio issues at Oh,
0: that's that's very true. And uh, I'll be seeing you up there soon. Uh, but we we hope to be bringing you episodes in uh, in person once again as soon as I get back up there for the summer. Though though Kevin will be on Skype at least for the for the time being. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danielle, thank you for coming on again.
3: Yep, it was awesome.
2: <laughs> glad to have you.
0: We, we're uh, glad you enjoyed yourself. And, uh, and Kevin, thank you, of course.
2: Always, always.
0: You can, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. I will uh, put our Twitter handles behind our, our names on the actual post. Well, uh, thank you all for, for being on the show, and uh, thank you all out there for listening. Good luck in the event of the Zombocalypse. We all <laughs> hope you survive. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on Bad Philosophy. get
3: to common ground somehow um well Jed was listening to you guys when the microphone was not working and he was like no I think Danielle will like zombies and I didn't know what you were talking about and so I was like wait do they think I don't like zombies because I have an amazing rack what's up with that because I have a vagina and I went on I really like zombies and just because I you know oh yeah I like zombies and boobs and Jed likes zombies and boobs so you know they're cohesive it's okay
2: I'm speechless, but in a good way. When I bash your head open,
0: all we want to do is eat your brains. We're not unreasonable. I mean, no one's going to eat your eyes. All we want to do is eat your brains. We're at an impact. That philosophy is brought to you by Skype Out and by Apple check out their offers through the affiliate section of our website badphilosophy.com
2: you're very excited and I can tell